the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Zelensky addresses Congress. Which found themselves in the worst war since World War II. China comes under scrutiny for their support of Russia's war in Ukraine. Across the board, Xi Jinping is helping Russia. The Federal Reserve announces a rate increase. The committee raised the target range for the federal funds rate by one quarter percentage point. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, March 17th. I'm Mike Scott. Asking for more of America's help, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has cited Pearl Harbor and the terror attacks of 9-11 in appealing to the U.S. Congress to do more to help Ukraine's fight against Russia. In a live stream address to Congress, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky greeted Congress and the American people. Thank you very much, Madam Speaker, members of the Congress, ladies and gentlemen, Americans, friends. I am proud to greet you from Ukraine, from our capital city of Kyiv, a city that is under missile and airstrike from Russian troops. Zelensky telling members of Congress his capital city of Kyiv is constantly under Russian attack. Every day, but it doesn't give up. And we have not even thought about it for a second. Just like many other cities, and communities in our beautiful country, which found themselves in the worst war since World War II. The Ukrainian president went on to tell members of Congress his people have resisted Russia in the past. The destiny of our people, whether Ukrainians will be free, whether they will be able to preserve their democracy, Russia has attacked not just us, not just our land, not just our cities. It went on a brutal offensive against our values. Zelensky believes his country's plight is similar to the 9-11 attacks. Remember September the 11th, a terrible day in 2001 when evil tried to turn your cities, independent territories in battlefields, when innocent people were attacked. Zelensky also invoked Pearl Harbor. Remember Pearl Harbor, terrible morning of December 7, 1941, when your sky was black from the planes attacking you. Afterwards, President Biden said the U.S. will keep aiding Ukraine amid Vladimir Putin's attacks on that country. This could be a long and difficult battle. But the American people will be steadfast in our support of the people of Ukraine in the face of Putin's immoral, unethical attacks on civilian populations. Later, Senator Rob Portman said the Ukrainian president's presentation was heartbreaking. It tells a story of deliberately targeting civilian. Clearly, war crimes have been committed. 
It tells the story of freedom being fought on the border of Ukraine and Russia and throughout that country. And it tells us that we have to do more. Portman also maintains that the U.S. needs to be creative and swift in getting more armaments to Ukraine. Figure out ways to facilitate the transfer of these weapons into Ukraine immediately. We still have access to the country to be able to do that before it's too late, before more people are killed, before Kiev falls, before Kharkiv is reduced to rubble. We have to act and act quickly. It's not a matter of weeks. It's a matter of hours. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy was critical of the Biden administration for being too slow to respond to Ukraine's pleas for access to fighter jets. The entire time, President Biden always said it would be the sanctions afterwards. And then when the sanctions came, he said it'd take months to work. Well, Ukrainian people cannot wait months. The world cannot wait months if we sit by and watch innocent people being murdered. McCarthy also says he believes Ukraine's president offered compelling arguments for the U.S. to provide the besieged country with more air power. How many people have died? Maternity wards have been bombed. You've watched in the video itself. You've watched a leader stand in a capital that's being bombed, not requesting that American men and women go into war. Simply help us provide the weapons that we can defend ourselves. Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin said, whatever you believe about sending MiG-29 fighter jets to Ukraine from Poland, the process that led President Biden to reject the idea was flawed. Signaling, the Secretary of State signaled that we were in favor of it, then the Secretary of Defense signaled the opposite, and then ultimately the president himself vetoed the decision. That was a disaster. Gallagher says Biden embarrassed the U.S. in the way he rejected a plan to funnel MiG-29s to Ukraine. And I would just would say, regardless of how you feel about that decision, whether you were for or against it, the way the Biden administration did it was very counterproductive. It made us look weak. Meantime, Republican Senator Ted Cruz says a no-fly zone in Ukraine would be a big mistake. The no-fly zone means American pilots and American fighter jets in Ukrainian airspace trying to stop Russians from entering that space. And that invites right. direct combat between American uh, airmen and, and, and Russian airmen, which, which invites escalation. But Cruz also lays the escalating crisis at the feet of President Biden. If you look at, at the crisis we're facing, the war in Europe, the war in Ukraine, is the direct result of policy mistakes made by Joe Biden. And the inflation that is racking this economy is likewise the direct result of policy mistakes made by Joe Biden. On the front lines in Ukraine, not long ago, Russia bombed Mariupol's maternity hospital. Since then, the city has been without food, water, and power as the Russian siege grinds on. On Wednesday... Mariupol's drama theater was bombed in a Russian airstrike. Hundreds of civilians were reportedly sheltering inside, according to Mariupol's city council. Fox News correspondent Trey Yinks describes what he knows as he reports from Ukraine. An extremely disturbing report out of the southern Ukrainian city of Mariupol, where officials say Russian forces bombed a theater that this week had hundreds of people hiding in from Russian strikes. Yinks goes on to say that that theater was designated as a shelter 
for civilians. People had written the word children in Russian to let those forces know this was a place for civilians, not a place for military. Rescue workers are still looking for anyone who might have been inside at the time of the strike. But just another example of Russian forces targeting civilian areas. The U.S. Senate has also unanimously approved a resolution seeking investigations of Russian President Vladimir Putin and his regime for war crimes over the invasion of Ukraine. Is China really a Russian ally? As the war in Ukraine rages on, some are looking at how China has already decided to provide Russia with economic and financial support during the war on Ukraine. Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and The Great U.S.-China Tech War, joined Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson to discuss China's support for Russia. When asked how China would respond to a NATO-enforced no-fly zone, Chang had this to say. I think that uh, China would look at that and think um, essentially that the U.S. would come to uh, Taiwan's aid and that Japan and Australia would do so as well. It would be a show of determination that uh, has not been seen from the Biden administration. Chang says that right now we're in a very dangerous time as China watches how America responds to the war in Ukraine. The issues with Taiwan and China's other neighbors are quite different than uh, those in Eastern Europe. But nonetheless, the Chinese are taking their cues from the Biden administration and what it's doing with regard to Ukraine. Um, There are reports, which I don't believe, that um, Xi Jinping was planning to invade Taiwan this year. But nonetheless, um, we have got um, basically the makings of uh, conflict at both ends of the Eurasian landmass at the same time. And this is an exceedingly dangerous situation. Chang points to former President Obama's unenforced red line in Syria as part of the reason why Russia is acting so aggressively. That is the red line that President Obama talked about and which did not enforce. And because he didn't enforce it, um, I think that uh, Putin has taken away a lesson that he can um, kill with impunity. And that um, is a lesson that we cannot allow to stand. Um, yes, every um, doing anything in Ukraine right now is dangerous. But through three decades of truly misguided U.S. policy on Russia, we created a situation where Putin could destabilize the world. Chang describes in detail just how China is supporting Russia. Diplomatic support, propaganda support, um, financial support, making China's financial system available to Russian institutions that have been sanctioned. So across the board, Xi Jinping is helping Russia. And if China really wanted this um, war to end soon, um, China knows how to do it, Um, but it's not. With China watching the U.S. response in Ukraine, do they take the U.S. warnings against an invasion of Taiwan Seriously, We have taught China to ignore our warnings, and this is over the course of decades. So while, um, you know, the Chinese uh, hear our warnings, they say, well, why should I take um, any notice of this? You haven't done anything in the past. And, and that really is a reason why I think China has gone on a much more belligerent path recently, because they do not respect, for instance, President Biden. Chang goes on to explain that China is already ignoring threats of sanctions from the U.S. if they provide aid 
to Russia. They are. Um, it's certainly doing a lot to Russia, um, but China is doing its best to backfill, which is the State Department term. In other words, for relieving Russia of the pain of our sanctions. And here again, uh, Ned Price, State Department spokesman on February 3, actually warned the Chinese not to backfill. And they've been continuing to do that, and the Biden administration has not imposed sanctions. So, you know, Xi Jinping may fear those sanctions, but um, he doesn't think they're coming anytime soon. Former actor Jesse Smollett was released from jail Wednesday after an appeals court agreed with his lawyers that he should be free pending the appeal of his conviction for lying to police about a racist and homophobic attack. Correspondent Oscar Wells Gabriel has more details. An appeals court in Chicago has agreed with attorneys for the disgraced Empire actor that Jesse Smollett can be free pending the appeal of his conviction on charges of staging his own hate crime. Last week, Cook County judge sentenced Smollett to start serving his 150-day jail term immediately. The appeals court ruling means he can be released on a personal recognizance bond of $150,000. Smollett's attorneys had argued that he would have finished his sentence by the time the appeals process would have made its way through the courts. I'm Oscar Wells Gabriel. The Federal Reserve announced it would raise rates for the first time in three years on Wednesday to combat hot inflation. The committee raised the target range for the federal funds rate by one quarter percentage point and anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate. Powell went on to describe what he believes is driving inflation. Inflation remains well above our longer run goal of 2%. Aggregate demand is strong and bottlenecks and supply constraints are limiting how quickly production can respond. These supply disruptions have been larger and longer lasting than anticipated, exacerbated by waves of the virus here and abroad and price pressures have spread to a broader range of goods and services. Additionally, higher energy prices are driving up overall inflation. The surge in prices of crude oil and other commodities that resulted from Russia's invasion of Ukraine will put additional upward pressure on near-term inflation here at home. The Federal Reserve Chair says that despite the move on interest rates, inflation will be a factor in the U.S. economy for quite some time to come. Inflation is likely to take longer to return to our price stability goal than previously expected. In other financial news, Russia is spiraling closer to a debt default that could ripple throughout the global economy. The financial fallout in Russia has prompted credit rating agencies to downgrade their long-term debt rating to junk status, while the ruble has depreciated sharply since Russia attacked Ukraine. As of Wednesday morning, 107 rubles were worth $1. The Kremlin is now due to pay $117 million in interest on two-dollar-denominated bonds. If it fails to make those payments, it will be Russia's first default on foreign debt since the 1917 Bolshevik Revolution. However, Dr. Philip Bleak, the former senior Pentagon advisor, says that the financial pain for Russia may increase if the president of Russia decides to use chemical weapons in Ukraine. What would we do, and what is Putin thinking right now that we might do that might shape his calculus? I think one thing that would be on the table if Russia escalated to chemical weapons is a designation of Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. 
Um, that is the most draconian version of the economic tool set that we have. It would impose an extraordinarily draconian set of sanctions on Russia, even more than has already been imposed. Um, and there are downsides to imposing that, but I think that would seriously be on the table if Russia violated this red line. Meantime, Russian Duma member Oleg Matvechev went on Russian state media and said they want reparations for the sanctions the U.S. imposed on them, which would include, quote, the return of all Russian properties, those of the Russian Empire, the Soviet Union, and current Russia, which has been seized in the United States. One of those properties, according to the Duma member, would be the state of Alaska. The Duma member was quickly mocked on social media with one user saying, Russia sold Alaska for $7.2 million. Your country doesn't have that many rubles to buy it back. More than 60 workers across three Amazon delivery stations staged a walkout Wednesday to demand a $3 an hour raise and a return to 20-minute breaks, according to one of the labor organizers leading that effort. Daybreak Insider's Jennifer King has that story. At two Amazon delivery stations in New York City and one in Maryland, about 60 workers staged a coordinated walkout. That's according to Ellie Pfeffer, an organizer and warehouse associate. Holding signs asking, where's our $3 and we make Bezos billions, workers are demanding a raise to the $18 an hour Amazon promised new hires last year and a return from two 15-minute breaks to two 20-minute breaks each shift that had been allowed during the pandemic. Pfeffer says those five minutes don't really matter to Amazon at all, but they matter a lot for our muscles and our sanity. Amazon has seen other protests in recent months in Chicago, Staten Island, and Bessemer, Alabama, and at least two facilities have scheduled votes on whether or not to form a union. I'm Jennifer King. And finally, public tours of the White House will resume next month after a more than 14-month hiatus due to the coronavirus. After being on hold since March of 2020, public tours at the White House will soon return. Starting April 15th, you'll have access to tours on a first-come, first-served basis. If you're interested in a tour, however, there are some things that you have to do. Tours will be available on Fridays and Saturdays only from 8 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. You must submit a request through the Office of Your Member of Congress. Those requests must be submitted at least three weeks in advance. And tours aren't the only thing making a comeback at the White House. The White House also says other traditions, including this year's Easter egg roll and spring garden tours, will also take place this year. How about that? Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 